0: $45 up front for 3 months plus taxes and fees. Promo for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com.
1: Hi, my name's Grace Campbell. I'm a comedian and feminist campaigner, and ever since podcasts started, I've been telling my dad he should do one. Dad, say hello.
0: Hello. I am Alistair Campbell. I am also a campaigner and I fear I inspire a lot of Grace's comedy. And what's our podcast, Dad? Our podcast is called Football, Feminism and Everything in Between. Because? Because football is my passion, feminism is your passion and we are going to be talking to interesting people about those two things.
1: And everything in between.
0: Like Brexit. No, Dad. There is
1: more to life than Brexit. Brexit. I know you're very excited about the person that's on today's episode, Dad, and I'm very excited because it's rare that I see you so excited. So why don't you tell our listeners who we've got today?
0: I'm not really excited because I mean, I, you know, I see this guy speak to him virtually every day because we kind of we we've got a bit of a job share going on. You know, he's uh, he t- he's he takes the
1: he's formally he's
0: formally got the job he's, as the he, manager of Burnley. He's formally the gaffer, but I'm like you know myself and Ian Woner Sean's official number two. We're kind of like, we're like a team of three, really.
1: Yeah, a love triangle.
0: No, I'm the co gaffer, and Sean and Ian's our joint number two. Right. Yeah, but I do love them both. It's true. It's not a love Equally, triangle, but I do love them both. No, I love the gaffer. The what the gaffer has done for Burnley Football Club is beyond belief.
1: So he's got a pub named after him, doesn't he?
0: He does, the Royal Deitch.
1: So I guess we've just given away his name, but we why don't we Let's introduce it?
0: Our guest today is Sean, Sean
1: Deitch. Deitch.
0: Sean Dyche, thank you very, very much for inviting us into your luxurious football manager home, Mark Tudor Mansion. Mark Tudor it's Mansion, it's fabulous, it's yeah. fabulous, and it, and and, and, I, and I feel better now about all those jokes you make about my hamster butler and all that who doesn't exist. But thank you for having us in your home. Pleasure. First question, might sound daft, this, but on a scale of one to ten, how big a football fan are you? It's not daft at all.
2: Um, I'm a it's fan. Like ten of- is it? No, it's definitely not 10. I'm a fan of the business side, the people side and what I do to try and achieve. The actual football side, um, about seven. You mm. know, when I was a kid, I was a 10, obviously. Mm. Mm. But, but it's different when, you, when you've been through as a player profession and come out the other end and now in a different, or similar but different profession, working with them rather than just yourself them being the players yeah. well mainly players, but you stars, like that bit. players Oh, no no but Absolutely. Players that's a 10. Is a 10 that's a 10 yeah
0: so what's what's what loses the 3 out of the 10 because it's all analytically
2: now uh, analytical thinking sorry when i'm viewing a game it's not like i'm just viewing it it's not like i'm just loving every minute of it and just and just getting on with it like everyone else i'm just viewing it analytically what what are they doing? Why are they doing that? What's he doing? What was he doing that for? Why is he doing that? What was he thinking? I, I wonder how, what the build-up was. How was he emotional? I wonder where he's at. I wonder, I've heard the rumour. Was he doing that? Was he that story? And, and all them things just filter through because that's what, what do I do mean? in my... <laughs> yeah. I don't mean a literal rumour. You understand. What I mean is there's a lot more going on yeah. for a player to get on the football pitch and deliver a performance than just getting a footballer on the football Who pitch. Who did you
1: support when you were younger?
2: Liverpool. Well, okay. I support, no, that's not fair. I supported Katrin because I believed in, my dad believed in supporting your local club. And they were quite a big non-league club then. They're, they're getting there again now. They've, they've had a big kick, but they're getting there again. But distantly Liverpool because 70s, you know, 70s child. Liverpool amazing. Kenny Dalglish, absolute legend and all that sort of era.
1: So when you started playing football, did you did you
2: stop supporting Liverpool? Or have you always sort of... No, it's a good point. That, that's kind of where we were going just before. Because as you when you go into the crossover of professionals, since I was 12 and I started going on trial at clubs... Different system then than the academy system, and then by fourteen it's really serious. Then and you're looking like you've got a chance of being at least an apprentice footballer. So then you go into clubs and you're mixing with all the footballers and you're mixing with some of the players. Then it's not as distant now. The academies are quite separate now, but at fourteen I was going to Nottingham Forest and you're literally wandering around with all the players, the big players, you know, Des Walker, Neil Webb, and all them players and Stuart Pearson. It sort of feels different then. You go, oh right, this is not like. Uh, wow, look at these players. They're like, morning, you go morning. And it's just really normalized. So therefore it changes. You're already thinking this is a job. It's a profession. It's a, it's a life choice. How many
0: footballers don't like football?
2: There are some because they've got a high skill set for what they do, which they know how to use. But the actual love of the game is a different thing. You know, don't forget it's changed now. My love of the game as a child was to be a footballer. That's it. Yeah and I don't mean this in a bad way, I don't want people to get the wrong idea, but life's changed. People want the Ferrari now and they want the big house and they want the money. I never, that would never cross my mind when I was a child. Seriously, I was just thinking, I just want to be a footballer. My Mm. parents were just thinking, if you're a footballer, that's amazing because that's what you always wanted to be. So that's changed the, like I say, people who use a skill set to get that, I would have just used my love and desire to get that.
1: How much do you think has being a youth footballer changed
2: from when you were uh, to So now? much, so much. It was uh, more simple in its form when I was going through the youth system, uh, played for your local side for start school teams, district teams, county teams, as well as a Sunday side, as well as going on trial at other clubs. Um, that was kind of frowned upon somewhat in a good way. The academy system has changed radically now. The, the level of coaching is better. The level of facilities is incredible um safeguarding of course has changed not that we were unsafe but you know that there's a lot more put into that
1: they're making a lot more money now as well aren't they
2: well in theory if the if the right product comes out the other end i mean it costs a lot of money now don't forget the yeah. academies now if you if you went to um a big academy you know as in one of the big six clubs i mean enormous amounts of money being put into development i think the challenge of it is the earthiness the earthiness has gone you know the the, the What we, what we discuss as coaches and managers is that a lot of the kids now look the same because they've all been taught the same. So therefore they all look the same. So you're actually looking for the, the X factor between the lines. You're looking for the something that, that mystical ingredient that just makes them, you can almost sense it on a player. And is that, is that personality or is that kind of, kind of, it can be all sorts of things. Um, it, it, it's the X-Fact is the hardest thing to judge and that's why um, when you go into analytics you know a lot of this noise made about just analytically searching for players it just doesn't work you have to get eyes on them as well you have to get yeah. people who know the game and know people it's an instinct we've all got it by the way this is not just about football we've all got it <laughs> but the point is you'll get that four second hit of like, dislike um, what you think form an opinion radi- unbelievably quickly so my point is you do that through watching a football player sometimes it's just that thing and you just go there's something right and I can I can smell it almost Is
1: thinking, there also you know. something about players who like don't play by a certain set of rules who break certain rules because some people who are taught a lot might think I have to stick to what I've been taught in terms of playing and cooperating. Well, that's and- kind
2: of like I'm suggesting that the academy system, and he's, and he's very good. Let's make that clear. There's so many good things. What I'm saying is it, it, it tends to get a product that, that a lot of young players look the same. They have a very similar skill set. Um, they they deliver a similar way. They're very... They're, they're probably the, the the easiest, most simple way of putting it is the change has been this. In my opinion, this is technically definitely superior because of the training, obviously. Tactical understanding definitely superior. This is the modern young player because they're taught from a very young age about different tactical scenarios. Physical improvements due to diet and uh, support, obviously through the academy system, strength and conditioning. Obviously, uh, a softer version at a young age, but then developing. But the mental social side. Now that's an interesting one because life's different. You know, life's really different. You know, the the will, the desire, the dedication, the the discipline, the the, the the drive to achieve, it's not they're not there. They're just deemed seemingly different than when I was growing up as a young footballer. They were they were so important. Them things now it's almost like oh no, can can they technically play? That can be as important first before you think of these other things. Now I'm going for my in my opinion, you're not going to be a player unless you've got all of them basic requirements, and that's not the skill and the tactical end. That's the will, the desire, the belief. Belief is a massive thing, as you well know, in what you're doing now. It's belief is a massive thing, and that wanes a little bit in in modern society. I think a little bit, and that goes into
0: football, obviously. But if you take like so, this year Burnley, Dwight McNeil has come through the the kind of youth side, and he's now seems to be like established in the first team, and he's obviously a very very good footballer. I can see that watching him. What's what is what has he got? that maybe others haven't got that made you think he's the one who's going into the first team?
2: Well, for it example, I'm, going. Well, I'm still learning about Dwight as a person. That's one thing.
0: he had a knock, don't
2: forget, a 14. He was at Manchester United. Yeah. Didn't come through. Yeah. That can be, as we all know, that can be a real powerful thing. Internally, that can be a powerful thing. It can could be a could negative thing. You. Yeah, absolutely. That knife edge that we, psychologists, have been trying to find out why that works, fight, flight, freeze, all of that. Yeah. He's stuck at it. So that's a good sign. He's listened. That's another good sign. He's got the basic ingredients and he's in a culture and environment at Burnley where, let's face it, we have to be on top of our performances. So if he's coming in our team, he thinks I have to be on top of our performance because we're not, you know, making big statements about how glorious we are and how skillful we are and how technically we're superior to everyone else. So you have to be on the basics. You have to be willing to run, work, you know, deliver for the team
0: as much as yourself. It just has to be. What about the ones that you bring in, like Gibson from Middlesbrough last week, last year, who's barely had a kick? How do you manage that? Well, he's, you, he is an established player. He's an yeah, established pro. Is, yeah, and he's not getting a kick. Well, How do you first manage things
2: that? first. I personally never guarantee shirts. Right. So, as in, um, you're going to play. So, if I meet a player, I'm not telling him you are definitely going to play. You have to earn the right to play. So he knew that. I think he wasn't naive enough to come in and think, right, I'm looking at the centre-halves and they're decent. You know, if you're looking at Ben, me and Tarky, to use the two obvious ones, then Kevin Long as well. So the thing is, he's looking going, okay, well, there's a challenge there. But he wanted to be in the Premier League and, mm-hmm. and we gave him that a chance. Now he equally knows once I'm in the Premier League, got to earn the right to play. Um, he was unfortunate with injuries, for starters. That affected his chances early season when the team weren't going as well. Um, and the, the point about Tre, you know, I, honestly, in my opinion, it's basics. people correctly. Speak to him, explain to him, tell him the truth. Just that's what I do. Uh, I'm not saying it's foolproof, but I think most people go, "Well, all right, you know, the manager told me the truth." But I mean, right, when
0: you when you were a young player, uh, I mean, one of the few names at Grace because Grace isn't a massive football fan. One of the few names of history that you would definitely know is Brian Clough, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, what did you learn from being a young player under Brian Clough, both for good and for bad, that you apply today? Simplicity,
2: good simplicity. Um, everyone at Forest knew how this how it worked. Everyone knew the culture, the environment, just how Forest played without even loads of coaching. Because coaching wasn't like it is now. No, though. there wasn't a lot of explanation. It was more or less you. I won't use them words, but you do it. You know, um, but there was a simplicity to it. There was good treatment of players. There was days off. There was really, um, you know, in, you know, in the the, the feeling and the fervour to actually come in and train and play was at its peak. So not days off in a way like, oh, we can't be bothered. Days off to keep people fresh, to mm. keep them on it, to keep them alive, to keep them coming in stimulated without you having to stimulate them. Um, I still use that now. Not as much, obviously, you know, players have got to be there, super fit now. So there has to be a, a big workload, but we still give days off. Um, and I think, his man management, although was brutal, he he had that amazing thing, you know. Even as a young player, I only played there for three years. I turned pro, I didn't make it there, but I, I played enough around him to know if he said you played well, honestly, you couldn't get through the doorway. If he said you played bad, you go under the floor on a horse, yeah, under the door. Sorry, on a horse with a top hat on. You know, you were so low.
0: You and what just, do you mean by brutal?
2: Oh well, no, it was it was harsh then. It wasn't like um, explanation. Well, now it'd be you know. um You've done that well, Grace, but I think you could do it better.
1: Is that what you do? Is that how you do it? A bit more,
2: because I think socially it's changing. You know, learning styles, you know, the five main learning styles you'll know, visual, audio, kinesthetic, written discussion. So you have to tick as many of them as you can, that's you're not going to get the right outcome. So we attempt to offer that to the players as different learning styles. I don't think there was a learning style then that was basically you do it or else you're disappearing type thing. So brutal in that respect. Um, Downside is that. Lack of information, lack of people just saying, right, what you need to do, Sean, is you need to do this, do that, do this, do that. The coaching so you have to work it right all out like yourself? Yeah. Well, but, but then we're going to go into this knife-edge world of self-learning, which I'm a great believer in. Dwight McNeil, going back to him, great example. People say, oh, what have you done with it? I said, leave him, leave him alone. So I've left him alone. We've shown him a few clips and a few bits, and I've given him a few prompts. But basically, I've left him alone. Because the more he works it out, it it will be ingrained in him from working out more than me telling him how to work it out. Because I think that is a flaw in the academy system without the chance to work it out for yourself. And guess what? When you can't work it out for yourself, what about the moment when you need to work it out for yourself?
1: Do you think you can do that with everyone, or do you think that's just certain people? No, I
2: think that comes down to the knowledge of the person, rapport. You know, getting to getting used to the person, finding them out. As I said, five five learning or the five main learning styles. There'll be someone out there who says there's more than that, but the five main learning styles. If you can go through them with a player, you usually work it out. You know which ones are going to work, and you know what. There's a weird thing about footballers because you know the old favourite footballers are all thick. Some some maybe are right, but but. Some, you know, see the game oh, yeah. unbelievably well. So academically would be challenged. And yet you get them around a football pitch or a sport even, and they can pick sport up. Like you've never known. They see it strategically. Mm. They see the the, the Who's the player that you
1: have known or watched or worked with that's done that the most, that's really studied the game? <sighs> I, I don't.
2: Joey. Joey was good. Joey was good. Joey he Barton. worked it out. Yeah, he worked it out. Sorry. Yeah, Joey Martin. He worked it out um, pretty well. Um. You know, and could see it. Um, some learn to see it. Some get it from a really young age. Um, my lad sees it really well. He's challenged in other ways. Not physically as strong as other players, but he, he sees the game. And I'm not just saying that. I sit in the car with him and he tells me that. And I think, you've you've got that. You know, you Does
1: see Does he it. give you advice? Does he tell you suggestions? No, but as I ask as well.
0: his opinion on what he's seen. What, about some? Same as you do with me about the team selection. Well, time. let's Did- make that
2: clear. Obviously, <coughs> Grace, let's make this clear. Absolutely not. I don't know why. There's this weird myth that he lives by that he somehow offers information to me about football. And I make it quite clear the other way around. I don't offer information about politics. For one, I'm not interested in the sense of, I don't know enough about it. What do you think Cluffy would have
0: done with social players and social media? He'd have found it
2: very difficult. I think a lot of the modern things, uh, modern trends, if you like, he'd have found very, very difficult. I think, very, very... Because he'd have seen them as getting in the way. That's all it was about, though, actually. The more I look back, you didn't know at the time, you know, get your hair cut, young man, and all that. It was just about things getting in the way, really. Not getting above your station, things getting in the way of your profession. Would you just ever, would you
0: ever tell a player to cut his hair?
2: I do all the time. They just look at you like you're mental now. You know, they just look at you like, what are you talking about? Whereas in Clever's era, at least you'd sort of get it. You'd sort of go, oh, yeah, you know, my hair is a bit long. And now they just go, seriously. Well, now it'd be... Get rid of your tattoos, you know. Cause it's, well, everyone's got. It's a marvel of the modern game. Everyone has a tattoo, thinking they're different. How everyone many looks pl- the same? I've never seen anything like it. I'm like, <laughs> Everyone's got a sleeve. Let's all have a sleeve. And I'm like, yeah, but everyone else has got a sleeve. No, no, mine's different. We're still a sleeve. I don't know. I, I don't get that. I'm a non-tattoo person, so I don't know. How a many
0: sleeve. of our players have got? Because no, Dean Marnie didn't have a tattoo, no, got did a f- he? Yeah, he did. Yeah, yeah. Did
2: he? Yeah, we've only. Got, we actually do this now and again in the warm-up. So we go, lads. How many not non-tattoos? I can't think of them all about. I know there's about five. I think at Burnley. Yeah, one off the top, of my head, I don't Wesley. Wesley hasn't got a tattoo. Good lad, Player of the Year, the of Yeah, it's a fair one. By the way, just to be clear, I'm not anti-tattoo. By the way, because You're there'll not. be someone, there'll be someone out there going, "Oh, what's he talking about tattoo?" I'm just saying I don't understand it. From where yeah. I don't get the tattoo thing.
1: But to be fair, it doesn't really have anything to do with uh, playing ability, does
2: it? Ah, but these things we're talking about, like get your yes. hair cut and all that, they can get confusing because you start. You, it's not the tattoo, but the 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 thing is you you can start believing in these things more you believe in the job so the car becomes bigger than the job the 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 lifestyle becomes bigger than the job so it can it can just soften you and swerve you off your path so it's not the tattoo you understand it's not the tattoo what i'm saying is that all of these little things can just kind of take that edge away that you need to be a player because it gets confusing and the the best one from a distance, but I don't know him. The best one I've ever thought could deal with it is David Beckham for the yeah. simple reason. Madness all around him, all of his career. Some bought on by himself, some not. All of his loves of his life, you know, not his family, but cars and jeans and talent. But get him on a football pitch. Unbelievable. unbelievable. Delivering all of the time. But Fergie so really he struggled could,
1: with that, didn't he? When Beckham was getting...
2: WSB, no, but I don't yeah. know whether, right, I think there'd it. be more to the story. I think maybe, I don't know this, maybe looked and thought, you're coming to the end of your peak, if you like. So, because don't forget, he was unbelievable at Man United. I mean, unbel- and he was after that. So there's sometimes, he gets it wrong, but like, we all get it wrong sometimes, so possibly at that time. So Alex thought, I think it's got to change. And yet, yeah, probably retrospectively thought, nah, he had a lot more to go.
1: How How much do you sort of like, feel sometimes that you have to interfere with like players slight, because that's a slightly more personal part of their life. But what's the line? Like how much do you feel you can, it's I guess? It's getting more
2: difficult because, you know, you, you you hope your rapport with them and your, your honesty with them has some effect, you know, even to just give little bits of advice, but it's getting more tricky. I mean, I've had a tough season this season. I always try and advise players with business aspects of their career as well. You know, on the contractual side and the agent side, and this season was the first time when it went against me. And I thought, right, that's me. And I just stepped right away from that. And I go, right, it's up to you then, lads. If you, if what, you what do you think, mean by that? Well, just, the, the, you know, the agency side of the game is very, very, very powerful now. And by the way, another thing, I'm not anti-agent. There's some brilliant agents out there. And I get on with most. And, do you mean that the players
0: listen to the agent more than they listen to you?
2: Yeah. And, and that can be good in a way because the agent got to look after the player, of course. But sometimes that gets in the way when you, you're giving them really good information for them, don't forget. I work on a them basis, not me. My time's been, my time's been and gone as a player. I try and offer advice that would be better for them. Then I get the benefit if they get it more right, of course. Mm. But I don't make it about me. I try and say, look, this is about you. I, me and the staff are going to give you everything we can to hopefully help you. Now, when that gets confusing and when it's really difficult to manage, you know, you're thinking you could sit with someone and you've got to just given them a really good advice and they go completely opposite because their agents told them the mm. opposite. That's really frustrating. You're like, oh my goodness. You know, I've I've given you really solid, good advice. Now, I've deliberately stepped away from all of it because of this season. There was a couple of things that came up. I've deliberately come away from all of that and gone, right, okay, you go and do what you need to do. So going back to the lifestyle thing, it's difficult. You know, everyone will decide, not everyone, most will decide that their angle on their lifestyle is correct, no matter what you tell them. And they'll have lots of people, by the way, now, that will tell them their lifestyle is correct. And you're the only voice sometimes. Maybe you and a couple of your staff members say, listen, you, just think about this. I don't tell them, by the way. I don't, I don't tell them you have to. I just say, look, this is an opinion for you. Just think about it. Because I think the days of just telling you what to do, they've gone. I think advice, a bit of, you know, uh, empathy, sympathy sometimes, a bit of logic just giving them the chance, you know, and I, that's what I try and do. I so do you different.
0: have to? Do you have to establish direct relationships with the agents as well as the
2: players? Sometimes you do. Some agents want to know you. Some don't. Burnley historically slightly different, and and probably Watford because when you always find that when you haven't got as much money. When I first got to Burnley, you mm. end up doing a lot. Mm. So I was doing agents, contracts, all sorts. Not mm. just me, by the way, but Lee Hoos, who was yeah, then yeah. then the the chief exec. Um, now it's changed slightly. You know, the, the chairman wants to do that. The, the chief exec sometimes does that. Mike Rigg, who's come in sometimes does that. So it's kind of spread the load. Yeah. So what I found is the ones who historically I've known, the agents who I've dealt with back in the day, I still converse with them because of our history yeah. and, and the links. And the newcomers, maybe not as much. They maybe go to the chief exec or Mike Rigg or the chairman to try and sort things yeah. out. And I speak to the players, of course, just to align the two, to make sure, you know, and if it gets a bit jumbled, the information, I go, right, this is where it is. I'm sort of the conduit. This is this information. That's your information. This is where it's at. On a scale
1: of one to 10, how much of a feminist are
2: you? I don't understand enough about feminism even. (laughs) I can't even say it. I (laughs) don't understand it. Um, uh, I'm probably probably still quite the wrong end of it because my era of upbringing, you know, 70s. And, you know, I I grew up in a household where dad went out and worked. Mum looked after the family. So I'm probably still the wrong end of it. Do you? So think I don't know men- which end would that be. So if it's bad, if three. ten being bad, no, 10's and one perfect. being brilliant. Ah, okay. So yeah, I'm probably like a no, probably not a three. I'm I'm a bit more modern than that, but probably four or five.
1: Do you think men and women
2: should be equal? I think they should in certain instances. So the the reason for bringing that up is, say, like in football, because I know football. You know, it's growing correctly. So. But it's kind of jumped, it's kind of jumped from no women in football to loads of women on TV every minute of every day.
1: No, but they're so not you, really,
2: are they? You're just Well, there's quite a lot. So as you, aware as, you, as that. you mature into that, like anyone. So if I was in um, what is class as a female sport, so if it's netball, I'd like to think that I slowly but surely earn my Spurs, knowing more and more about it, more and more about it, more and more about it, until I arrive wherever I want to arrive to. So I think that's quite interesting. And not right or wrong by the way, let me make that clear. I just think that's an interesting thing where it's just jump. It just goes from one thing, really extreme one way to really extreme. But the other
1: that one. that is like my observation with lots of men in particular who say that to me about oh suddenly I'm not saying this is like what you're saying, but suddenly loads of women in power, loads of women on TV. It's not suddenly, actually. They've been grafting for a long time. Yeah, to I'm only, get I remember. I'm only about football. recognition. So know
2: recognition. in, other, in a, I can't speak for all walks of life. Um, I think there's a lot of... It. Well, in, in fact, interestingly, when we ask a question later, I'll go into some things about that. So, because there's been some key figures in my history on the planet that have been massively important. Because... One of the things interesting about feminism is the drive for certain things when I'm surprised at them. So I love my mum dearly for what she's given me. And yet that was a kind of housewife style era. But imagine the qualities I've got from my mum, from the nurturing, from the belief, from the support, from the... That's still a valuable thing. Oh, Just because sure. she didn't go out earning loads of money and be in power, that doesn't mean she wasn't powerful in my house. She was very powerful in my house and in my life. So... I don't know. How you, I don't know. How you, but also, feminism. I'm probably confused. Like, that's why I said I'm probably not that high up the ladder because I'm probably confused with what's good about it and what's not so. Bad.
1: Well, but also because that's I think comes down to like I guess your understanding of like fundamentally feminism. If someone like my feminism is that if a woman wants to be a housewife, that's fine because it's her choice. That's what she wants to do. Ah, but not
2: everyone's as balanced as you. Yeah, I but, do that, read but so, that. Oh, why are you just a housewife? And almost that. But if if you, if, why, you, you know.
1: if you sort of like just think of it just on a really simple. One line, men and women have an equal chance of opportunity, which means that if a woman wants to be a housewife, she can if a man wants to be a house husband he can and and on the same like level of that it, often if a man wanted to be a stay at home dad, men would criticize them and call them yeah. wimpish yeah. and and say all these kind of things about them. I think you are a feminist honestly yeah. but you're you're sort of saying things that feminism's had this bad name, I think for a lot of time and normal people's understanding is that it's like for women to be like constantly fighting for like really powerful positions yeah I think that's I think that's correct yeah exactly your mum is a feminist that's
2: that's why I said I'm low because I don't understand enough about in that sense so I imagine exactly what you've just said I imagine a a, a very generalised view of course but feminists going well why am I not earning as much as that man in that position what I'm saying is, of course, I understand that, and there's a valid reason for that. I'm just using earnings as an example. It's not just earnings. I understand that it's ladders up the, the, you know, whatever in life you're in. But sometimes I think the, the old fashioned values of an old fashioned view of, uh, let's say, a housewife, incredibly powerful, and I think that should be absolutely applauded. Women out there who are saying, look. Has anyone stopped and said, I don't actually want that position? I want my husband in that position there because I take massive value in what I'm doing for my family. I think that's an incredibly powerful thing that should never be underestimated. In the same view, not in the public view, but in the same view, if that's as powerful as any position, in my opinion, that a woman can hold in a business, bringing up children in the right manner, nurturing, caring, driving, by the way, pushing, forcing to go forward in life and do magical things, hopefully, in theory
0: that is And also as you, powerful would, as you anything. would want you want mum your mum, Fiona, to be there all the time for you as a mum.
1: Yeah, totally. My, I don't, my wife. Never, I've never been sending for mums. I think mums do
0: No I'm saying, the but most I'm, but I'm saying job that, in
1: society: but you,
0: but you would still see mum as a feminist. Yeah. Even though she's there as totally. a mum. My, my, totally.
2: my wife is what you'd probably call a housewife but only because she doesn't work. She does she does tennis coaching for young children and for disabled children, which is great. She is on, on her own a lot with my two children. So over the last six and a half years, I've been between two lives, really. Football life, living away in Burnley, and home life here. She's done a remarkable job. I should tell her more, actually. But we end up, you know, doing that thing where, you know, well, you get that. And you get this. And I get that. And you get time with the children. And I have to work and all that. She does a remarkable job because she's her own woman, definitely. She's an ex, you know, uh, she's got a degree, so she's a bright, bright woman. She's her own woman, but she hasn't got a thirst to be, I've got to be out there doing that. A thirst is still a, a modern version of a housewife. By that, I mean, she's got her own life. I don't mean she's cooking and cleaning every minute of the day, to be old-fashioned about it. She's just walking in the door. I better, mm-hmm. I better get it in quick before she hears me. No, don't say it, it to her face, credit. Sean. Say it, no, it to no, her face. No, I'm still, well, I'm three out of ten, though. No. <laughs> <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah, so, so, you know, I but I take great value in that. You know, my, my wife working hard with the children, making sure they have a really good life and, and, and being hard on them as well. But also, can
1: we be... agree that if a man wanted to do what your wife's doing, oh, they all day. can I And society I... should accept that but, that's also a normal Grace, what's really important
2: is people like my era. It's education. We are getting more and more educated about everything we're talking about. More and more, I was very honest with you. I said, I'm probably three or four. I'm still learning about all this as I go because I'm in a very male-dominated world, obviously. So you have to come out of that now and again and go, right, okay, what's happening in normal life? Because it's all consuming. But I, I think... I'm really, probably talking about a lot what I talk about in life is balance. I think there's a balance, and I think it's I totally agree with you. If a, if a, if a, if a, if a man, I know actually, funnily enough, an ex footballer I, I don't want to name him to embarrass him, he is a stay at home dad, but it's not
1: embarrassing.
2: No, 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 but he would feel it. <laughs> no, life wouldn't feel it. No, I agree, life wouldn't feel it, but he would. If I named him now, he'd be going, What are you naming me for? I don't want to be the poster I know, but person that- for-. that's another thing, but like, you know, not people, you know. We must find this person and put them out there. What about the person who doesn't want to be that person who's mm. put out there? Does anyone stop and think about that?
0: Can I ask you a question though, because you you, when you talk about football, you, and I think you're talking a little bit about the, the sort of punditry world. If you're watching Sky Sport and you've got Graham Sooners there and Jamie Redknapp there and Alex Scott there, yep. so a man, man, woman... Uh, she has, in women's football, been an extraordinary success. I've met her many times. Fantastic, right. yeah. And we, So so would you, as a bloke who's been in football all of your life, do you think you would instinctively think Graham Sooners and Jamie Redknapp know more what they're talking no, about? No, I'd be looking at them purely on background knowledge.
1: I right. think you think that the men have more knowledge.
0: No, I think they have more knowledge of no, no, the level at which they've played because ah. Graham Sooners has played in Champions League final. Right, so. She has done that. But, but like what's in front, the of, well, the difference is the the fact that one is watched by billions no, the, of people well, around well,
1: the how world. How does
2: that make a difference? No, no, it's not the, the pressure. The no, no, I'm, I'm probably in between. The the difference being that women's football is still growing. That's what I said earlier. You're still growing. You're still getting to a level. Women's football is getting to a level where it's getting really serious business, and you can only talk on experience if you've had them experiences. So what I'd be judging is the information that's coming across. So the information streams. But let's face it, you, you, you usually, not always, you usually take it more seriously in life because of what you've done and achieved than if you hadn't done and achieved anything. Mm. So to make it right or wrong. That's just life. That's just, I don't know, there'll be some theorist out there who tell me different, but that's life in my view.
1: So how much do you think that, like, the perception on women's football from within football, not from like, you know, me watching it. I think it's great that we're having this sort of boom of people wanting to watch women's football. How much is that actually changing from within, I guess, the male world of football? Are people starting to take women's football more seriously?
2: I think so. I think the, the growth in um, not only women's football, as we're imagining, grown women, obviously children, you know, there's a lot more um, young girls playing football. There's a lot more equality within the sport. I think it will continue to grow. Um, I don't follow it all the time, but I know the, the finals and stuff, now they are get big numbers to watch the finals. I watched
0: know. the City West Ham goes really. Yeah, good. yeah. Really no, awesome. I remember oh, a few but years Burnley ago. Are the Burnley women's team doing Burnley, really well? Burnley, they've just won their league. Yeah,
2: yeah, yeah. I mean, they're, they're lower down, but they've won the league and they're, mm. they're beginning to grow. So is it growing? Yes. Is it being taken more seriously? Absolutely.
1: Do you, in this same topic, to ask you about homophobia in football and you know, you've been in football for a long time, whether or not you think anything's changed because still we, we really barely ever have football players coming out as gay while they're playing football. Okay,
2: so education is changing all the time on that. So it's yet yeah, again, it's a generational thing. Generational standards now are way different to when I grew up in the 70s. We all know the stories of, you know, Alf Garnet on the TV and all that sort of stuff. So what I don't like is when, is when people are now measured... By the standards now than 30 years ago. And I, I think it's completely unfair on all of the things that you talk about, whether it's homophobia, whether it's race, whether it's um, feminism, because it's a completely different era. So that's one thing to be sure of. The next thing that that I'm more concerned about is not about homophobia, it's about the drive, as you've even mentioned, about the next gay footballer. But think about it, the next gay footballer might not want to be that person who is look. A gay football? imagine the noise of that. But
1: probably there are quite a few gay footballers that we yeah. just have no idea about. Yeah, but the point so, is,
2: have you ever thought they might want you to have no idea about that? Yeah, but about is, that? is that
1: about, this, private, is that about the words. culture of
2: football that... It's
1: so terrifying for them because of what they know will happen to well, you're only to going to them. know
2: if you've got a chance to speak to them. But yeah. guess what? No, here's but one. also, this is really we know that the ah, fans' really
1: relationship... With...
2: Yeah, but what you do is you want to speak to them and you could not contain that information. You would get that information out there. Someone would get that information out there and that could be really damaging. If a gay footballer did come out now and he was in my channel room, there'd be nothing in it at all. Really? really? I just go, are you a really good footballer? Yeah, I'll go, let's crack on then. But, but that's. <clears> but what about the fans? What
1: about the fans?
2: I don't know. I can't speak for every fan. No. Um, I can only give you my internal opinion. I can't give you every fan's opinion. That, that's does every is every fan going to accept everything? Does every no, fan accept great, every
0: change? Right. The, the laces thing. You know, when they were all with the rainbow laces and you all wore yeah, badges. Yeah, and yeah, that, yeah. that sort of was 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 like that had an impact.
1: Totally, and I think I again that's what I'm saying. I do think lots of progress has been made, but I do having been to quite a lot of football matches because of Dad. Observe look, look the at way you're in, in a
2: football stadium. So, you when you that can't shifts. judge every football fan on the same, no, totally, standards because they're all from such massive generational shifts, yeah, yeah.
1: yeah totally. But do you think that then yeah, I my, guess, my, when parents, it shifts, my parents,
2: my parents, I think, are really good parents, right? They use completely odd terminology now than what modern life suggests, and yet that doesn't make them bad people. They just go, Oh, I didn't know I wasn't allowed to say that anymore. Mm. I'm struggling with it myself, by the way. I don't know what you're allowed to say anymore and what you're not allowed to say. That's one of the thing the that I'm really confused about. So they're in a generation where they go, so if they're in a football stadium, their view would be different. It doesn't make it right or wrong, but they're just because of the, the generational difference. I but just like to be clear, you think
0: he, if, a, if a if a Premier League player today came out and said, I am gay, you think within the sport itself, there would be absolutely no discrimination against that player and no, no, no. To fear. no, no, no,
2: I can't guarantee that. Right. I can only guarantee, in my view, I'd go, what, does that make you not a good player then? they go, no. Of course, they go, no. i go, brilliant. Let's crack on then. Yeah. Because it's changing. You know, the world's changing. Life's changing. Acceptance of all kinds. You know, whether you, whether you, whether you like it or not is kind of irrelevant. Mm. Now, personally, I just want good footballers. Yeah. You know, I've had it, well, you know we've had it with foreign footballers. Why don't you sign any foreign footballers? Mm. I said, I'd sign someone from out of Mongolia if they're brilliant at football. And we knew they were brilliant at football. And we knew about their character, their background, and and then the finance, you know. Mm taking a risk for Burnley Football Club on a 20 million pound footballer. And then two years later, he hasn't settled. It hasn't worked. And then you get 2 million back. That's not the Burnley way, by the way. So, you know, there's a bit more to it. It's true. There's a bit more to it. There's a bit more depth to it. You know, my daughter's 13 and I, my lad's 16. I think they're reasonable children. I think they're reasonable minded. Listening to them helps massively with my education. And I think that's refreshing. About life, because... I've got my views on life of course but like I say I've gone from a different generation they fill in the gaps they, they speak to me about things and I think oh yeah I never thought mm. about that even gadgets and that they're, they're up yeah. to date you know they, they can use the internet in a different way than I would do. you know I always think the worst they go dad look look at this amazing stuff we found out so mm. you know they kind of blend you into a bit more modern society if you listen and I do listen to my kids probably more than they think you know and, and it blends you into modern society
1: okay father
0: Yes, Grace.
1: This week, the week. Lots the happening week. this week, isn't it? Lots
0: happens every week.
1: This week feels... No, it's true, a lot happens every but week. But
0: what the week does well is to take this week and all weeks and can kind I of give you a proper feel for what's going on. Loads about Corbyn and Labour and anti-Semitism. I mean, that's just dragging on and on and on. Awful. And, um, of course... You know Trump makes so much news around the world, but this stuff about attacking these four congresswomen of color it's is awful. I mean, there's been a lot of low points, but this feels like a real low point.
1: Yeah, but it feels like he's doing it tactically, which is even scarier.
0: Strategically, even. Yeah. Scary. But
1: I loved their speeches. The
0: back, women. Yeah. Mm-hmm.
1: Um, and that's been covered in the week, and it's just a really good. Uh, Issue this week because it does tell you all of the awfulness that's going on all over the world, mm, home and abroad. Home and abroad.
0: I'm, I enjoy the property pages though. yeah I like, <laughs> I like looking at the beautiful houses in yes, Scotland and Lancashire.
1: That is nice aspiration. Yeah, yeah. um And you can try your first six issues of the week for free if you go to www. the week forward slash offer and type in our code, which is football. You can get your first six issues for free. um so go do that now. Thank you. Right, let's do your dream six-aside
2: teams change well, the world. Well, no, yeah, to change the world is the key thing. So I'm going to share it with you. I don't mind being honest. We had a little bit of a mini sort of family debate this morning. I was saying to the kids, look, this is a strange question, you know, because then I was thinking, is it kind of funny six? You know, is it kind of meaningful six? So we kind of went, so kind of meaningful, and I'll try and explain. Okay. Um, three women three and three men. Yeah. You're the three, gender equality. Three, you're the leader. three men trying to tick as many boxes, remember about changing the world or a version of it. Martin Luther King, because it was dead or alive, you told yep, me. Dead yeah, dead or alive, great. Martin Luther King, I think that speaks for itself, for obvious reasons, the world as it is now, changing the world, making a difference, to put it in a nutshell. Stephen Hawking. Because I think somewhere or another, if you're going to change, you need that deep intelligence and someone who can work things out there way beyond your comprehension or my comprehension. Any difference in the world
0: needs some humour. Yeah.
2: I actually was going to put just to be clear, I was I wanted to put the whole of the Monty Python team. But I didn't oh, that's think better. That's fair. No, then I'll put fair. that in. Monty yeah.
0: Python. Monty Python's in. Right.
2: Okay, but the whole of the team though.
0: Monty yeah. Python is okay, the person. Right.
2: Um, in no particular order: uh, Mary Curie. That was my children, actually. They said, Look, Dad, you need someone to cure things. You need someone. If things go badly wrong, you need some way of working it out. So you got brains. First woman to get two Nobel
0: in Prizes in two different disciplines. In fact, the only woman, I think.
2: The next one is a moment of genius. This was a family moment of genius, I think. I know, Queen Victoria, for the amount oh, of we're changes. Going for history. For we're history. Hand- history. Well, 18-year-old, know, running all the different – the empire then, of course, taking all that on board, trying to get involved with everything yeah. then. Yeah. I thought that was, the kids were involved with that. They were going, yeah, yeah, you know, Queen Victoria, we've done that at school. Yeah. And of course it had to be Margaret Thatcher. It had to. Oh, be it's a joke. For it's a, a joke. For it's a joke. it's for a joke. Not for the politics. Not for the politics. Oh no, let me finish before. A Cause he thinks I'm why Let Well, <laughs> for the, not for the politics. As you know, I, I try not to uh, get involved with in politics. Not my bag. politics is remain. Um, apart from that, remain. <laughs> um, definitely remain. Yeah. Um, when name. I was growing up, you've got to remember that, you know, you're in the household that I spoke about. So my dad's a very strong alpha male, but my mum's got a different strength, family strength, very, very, very family bound, looking after the family. So you can imagine this, this scene of their chatting when I'm growing up. This is because I was the youngest of three. So they're chatting about Margaret Thatcher. So my dad's kind of pro, but kind of, oh, you know, and giving a sort of quite a male opinion. Their mum's going, hang on a minute, why are you saying that? What, because she's a woman? So I grew up with all of that going on. And I thought, well, if that's going on in my house, that's going on in society. So to be a woman running the country at that time and that period, that is strong, I think. That is real strength. So not about the politics, just about a woman running the country. As a child, I'm growing up hearing all these things, getting a feel of society and thinking, well, you must be an incredibly strong woman and person to be doing what you're doing. Looking back, this is retrospectively in that era. You know, at the time I was just growing up hearing
1: Unfortunately, it, but... she was a terrible feminist. She
2: well, I don't, like I say, government. I'm not really talking about she was delivering it for feminism. I'm yeah. just saying, as a woman in that role, growing up, thinking the strength it must take at that period, I thought, you know. I think she was probably a, a
0: bit better at doing the job than Theresa.
2: I'm not getting involved in that. I, don't I, know, you know, I know you're not know, I know you're not it's not you
0: know,
1: my but that's,
2: that's I still good. say remain though I do agree remain yeah yeah, yeah I'm not political minded but I do I know, agree I know. I know.
0: listen but what's interesting about that they are all dead uh, well Monty Python will live forever but that's a comedy thing well you, they're all dead yeah but you told me no no married, it's fine but it's, but it's interesting that, that, that you've gone in, well, if it was into alive, past, it past
2: all it would have been alive would have been a similar train of thought but just people who are alive obviously but like I said earlier you know you earn your spurs they've earned their spurs So I was trying to choose people who I knew, not people who might be them people. They've done their things. You know, when we're talking about feminism, you know, you earn your spurs. You get to a point where people take you seriously because of what you've done. So if I chose someone now, I might be going, well, I think you can do that thing, but I'm not quite sure you can do that thing. Whereas them people, I think, can do the things that I thought they might be able to.
0: Well, it's been an absolute gas. Thank
1: you. That was great. (music) So, Sean Dyche, what an interesting man. Fascinating. Told
0: told you. Told you. Much more than a deep gravelly voice in that guy.
1: Fascinating. I really could have spoken to him for hours about
0: feminism in particular. Because after we finished the interview, he gave you a lift to the airport. He gave me a
1: lift back to London so I was in the car with him for about two hours and he's fascinating. And my favourite thing that I found out about Sean Dyche, and he won't mind me saying this, is that his order at Starbucks is a skinny, wet, hot flat white with sweetener. (laughs) (laughs) That is amazing. He's a
0: man of many, many surprises. I was a little bit Pissed off that Margaret Thatcher crept into his sixes. I think he's having me on there because he's not a big Tory and he? he's a prop I was very happy he said he's still a big remainer
1: Is uh, he Labour
0: I think he's. Uh, I think he's, 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 he's. Labour background for sure. Uh, what he votes now? I've. I've never really talked to him about it. I know he voted Remain in the referendum. Mm-hmm. Though, is, I mean,
1: I think the thing on the things he said on Margaret Thatcher. I think he'd really thought about it, and he just thought yeah. that she was no, in a fact, really in powerful fact, figure in, in his childhood.
0: Which she was, and also she, whether people like or hate what she stood for, she was a proper leader compared to some of the leaders we've got today. I love the stuff about football, and I, I love the way that he's so nervous about people thinking that he's not his own boss that he does all that stuff pretending that he doesn't listen that he's to... not being micromanaged <laughs> yeah by pretending, pretending that when i you know when i send him messages that he listened to... i mean for example i don't know if you you know we've talked about this before but the 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 prince william mental health documentary why was peter crouch there because i sent Sean a text saying can you give crouchy the day of training to do this film with prince william you what, are so powerful what, what happened the next YouTube? day he was there Crouchy you are so there.
1: powerful. You got Peter Crouch on Prince William's documentary <laughs> on Mental Health. It's all down to so, Alistair Campbell.
0: Yeah, well, so, why, so then I also Dad, send him messages. Dad, if you'd messages. accept
1: an OBE, they'd love to give I'm you not one, it. Dad.
0: Ian Wohan regularly says to me, who we are picking this weekend? He's, uh, he's Sean's number two. So I'm not having that stuff that he doesn't listen to me he definitely listens to me he just likes taking the piss
1: so actually dad I'm really 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 happy that we had Sean Dyche on because I found that such an interesting conversation really liked him and the next time I see him I can't wait to rip into him about what he orders at Starbucks
0: Mm, very good and uh, next time I see him I'll say it's nice to see you two getting along so well given Grace said why on earth do you want to get Sean Dyche on the podcast
1: I never said that fake news mate fake news
0: Thank you very, very much for listening. Please rate, review and subscribe to this podcast. And if you're wondering where the fantastic music comes from, it's by my favourite Scottish band, Skipinish.
1: Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time.